following is a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network. From the diamond, to the clubhouse, to the front office, this is the show that feeds the passion for all Twins fans. It's Inside Twins. Inside Twins is sponsored by Killebrew Root Beer. Locally owned and operated, it's how memories are created and legends are made. Welcome to Inside Twins, brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer. Locally owned and operated, it's how memories are created and legends are made. Twins and the Royals wrapping up this three-game weekend series today. Here at Target Field, Kansas City won Friday. Twins came back and won 6-5 yesterday, setting up the rubber match today. Matt Shoemaker and Brad Keller, the pitching matchup to wrap up the series. I'm Corey Provis, our guest on our Sunday show. Always a treat to visit with the manager of the Minnesota Twins as we welcome in Rocco Baldelli to the Sunday show. Rock, great to have you with us today. Good morning. Good morning to you, Corey. Great to be here for the Sunday show again. Thank you uh, for joining us and for your time today. Rubber game of this series, and obviously significant in that you have a chance to win the series. But more than that, divisional team, you're you know, keenly aware of the record right now and where the team is at in terms of the standings. Big game today to win this series against a divisional foe? Yeah, I mean, we're, we're, we're at right now, and we always know the, uh, the importance of winning series and keeping some momentum going. And uh, frankly, I'd like to go get on a plane for Baltimore right now after winning another series. And, and I think the rest of the guys do, too. Um, but you, you kind of have to keep that momentum going. And, and of course, you know, early part of the year this year, um, you know, we didn't play the way we wanted to. We know we know we have, uh, you know, plenty of games to go. But frankly, uh, we want to start this now. We've been playing well. We want to take advantage of that too, and and keep things going. If I was, if I would have told you opening day that come Memorial Day weekend, that Rob Refsnyder would be your your primary center fielder, two months into the season, what would you have told me? Yeah, yeah, I probably would have taken that conversation in a little bit of a different direction. Um, <laughs> I uh, I don't know if I'd be be laughing or not. I'm smiling right now, and and a lot of what I'm smiling about is. Um, you know, that it's obviously not part of the original plan, but ref has gone out there uh, and, and really some some unusual, unexpected circumstances. Uh, he's not even a center fielder, you know, by trade. And and he's gone out there and he's just played great for us. And, and you, you always need guys to come up in these uh, these spots where uh, maybe they never even imagined themselves in those spots. But they come in and they go out there and they rely on all the things they've learned uh, in their time in the game. And they go out and play well. And ref swung it. He's gone out and played a, a very solid uh, uh, center field for us. Uh, and on top of that, found a nice place in our clubhouse, too. I've known him for a long time. I've known him back to my uh, Tampa Bay days. And uh, he is a, a very solid individual and a good ball player. And during your time together with Tampa Bay, was he primarily an infielder? So he he, he was bouncing around at that time. He was a corner outfielder uh, who has played some infield. And, and you were never really sure um, where to, where to play him, but you knew that he swung it pretty good. He, he's always swung it, especially well against left-handed pitching, but would compete pretty well too against right-handed pitching, uh, would always, would always play hard, ran well enough, had enough actions really at any position you put him at, but he never really had a primary position. Uh, all that being said, uh, uh, right now he's kind of established himself more as an outfielder than anything else. Um, and apparently, you know what, this isn't just helping us, you know, for him going forward too. knowing that he can go out there, play some center field and do it pretty well, uh, is a, is a great asset for him. You know, Joe Madden used to say when he was managing the, those really good Tampa Bay teams that he wanted a lineup 
And the phrase he would use often was interchangeable parts. He wanted a bunch of guys that could move around and do it skillfully and easily. It would not just completely you know, deconstruct the lineup and give your chance and give your team a chance to competitively win the game that day. Is that more important now than it ever has been, just with how prevalent injuries are going from the 60-game season back to 162? I think we all expected a spike in injuries, but now more than ever, do you need that? Yeah, it, it went from almost a rarity in our game um, in a time when Everyone had a very set role, whether that was a position player, whether that was a bullpen uh, guy, uh, no matter who it was, even starters. Everyone knew exactly what you were trying to go out there and and do. And, uh, you know, what you what you figured out, there are ways to take advantage of what guys can do a little bit better. And uh, there's ways to make a little bit better of a of a lineup or make a move during a game uh, or use a bullpen guy in the in the seventh or eighth inning in a little bit more of a uh, productive way. Uh, and Joe identified that, and I think that uh, it did. It started as almost a very uh, you know unique situation um, with Joe Madden and the way he would use all of his players, uh, and it's kind of turned into a necessity. It's really these days in a lot of ways turned into a situation where if you if you don't have the willingness and the players who are also willing to do some of these things, um, you're not going to be able to put your best club out there. So uh, it, it's something that uh, we talk about. We've always talked about depth and versatility and things like that. And uh, the teams we put out there the last few years have had guys that can do a lot of different things, but it takes the open-mindedness from the players, too, to really pull it off. And that may be the reality, but if you had your druthers, would you rather have a set lineup and have guys set to be in their positions and in their set spots in the lineup if you could? Yeah, you know what? There's kind of this, for me, it's almost like a nostalgic, like I, I love baseball. I love history. I love, you know, some of the uh, watching, you know, older games and, and replays and just just watching. Maybe not the whole game sometimes, just just watching it, though. It's kind of a beautiful thing, watching film of old action it's it's kind of part of the the history of the game. Uh, it's kind of like a beautiful part of the you know the memories that people build going to the stadiums and and everything. I respect those things, and I actually think that there's something very beautiful about about that. And when you do have that interchangeable uh, type of uh, discussion, where this you know you want six guys that can do similar things and 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 many things. Uh, in order to be able to take advantage of it and win games. It's kind of the direction uh, that baseball has gone. I think we can still find some some very uh, memorable aspects about all the games we're going to. But I, you would love to find a way to bring back some of the older time uh, feel to what's going on at the ballpark. I would I would love to find a way to to actually do that and pull it off. But I think there's a balance. I, I think that, uh, I, you know, there are times where we do put the same lineup out there for a week or two straight. Uh, but there there are, you know, we talked about injuries earlier. That's part of that's part of the game. And there probably are more injuries now than there ever have been. And it's tough to roll the same lineup uh, or have the same feel or have the same rotation or bullpen out there for the full year. So you have to really be on your toes and be able to adjust. But I do respect that point and that question of, uh, you know, do you wish you just could put the same lineup out there every day for the entire season and let the guys roll. Part of me does, and part of me knows that we're probably at our best if we're not doing that. You know, the word you used there was nostalgia, and that just piqued my curiosity. And, look, we're all for advancing the game, but just for fun, uh, just since you brought that up, what are some 
elements of the game that you wouldn't mind seeing again. Not to go down the path that we went on the show a few weeks ago about you know fixing the game and trying out new things, but go back to when you were a kid even. What did you marvel at the game then that you would like to see maybe implemented now? Yeah, I, uh, I, I know that I would enjoy if there was more action out on the field and there were fewer uh, strikeouts and walks. I, I, I would love that if there was just more happening. And there's a lot that goes into that. MLB spent a lot of time on this. This is something that's certainly part of the discussion, the bigger discussion uh, throughout the game. But, uh, you know, when you rolled into the ballpark and I would go to Fenway Park when I was a kid or McCoy Stadium, the AAA ballpark for the, for the Red Sox, Paw Sox, uh, you roll in there. And guys would just go out there and throw strikes and they would there would be swings and there would be action and stuff would be happening all the time. I I wish there was more action out there. I think there's going to be more action out there going forward. I think a lot of the experimentation that's going on in the minor leagues will will end up in the big leagues uh, and we'll find ways to get some more of this. But the uh, the the pace of the game was really a, a really uh, thing that you couldn't miss when you showed up to a ballpark in the eighties and, and, and the nineties. Um, and it slowed down some, um, you know, I also think that, uh, I, I love watching really good athletic players going out there and doing things. I think the move to, uh, potentially increase, you know, stolen bases and things like that and bringing back that athleticism to the game will also be a great thing. If we can pull that off. Speaking of athletes, we'll take a break, come back and get an update on Byron Buxton status. The twins lost Max Kepler yesterday. We'll get Rocco's take on that and more coming up inside twins brought to you by Killerbrew root beer continues next on your home for twins baseball. Inside Twins rolls on on this Memorial Day weekend, brought to you by Killiber Root Beer, locally owned and operated. It's how memories are created and legends are made. Corey Provis back with Rocco Baldelli. Injuries rock. That's been a daily topic when we have spoken on the pregame show. And Max Kepler, whom you told us yesterday was feeling about 90-95%, but sure enough, tried to beat out an infield hit and re-aggravated his hamstring yesterday. Yeah, that, that's that's kind of the way it played out. We, we, we were hopeful that Kep would uh, find his way back, not just onto the field, but really back out into center field at some point uh, in the near future. Obviously, that's not going to happen. Um, you know, going down the line, he probably ran a little harder definitely harder than he had been running at any point uh, in, you know, the immediate past. But um, he did. He felt it numerous times, actually, down the line. And there was no question he was going to have to come out of the game. Uh, And really, at this point, there's no real downside to just putting him on the I.L., letting him get better. Uh, I do think that it'll be probably closer to 10 days uh, than anything longer than that. But we'll see. Uh, that being said, we'll get him uh, ready back on the field. And uh, hopefully, you know, you never know. Maybe uh, Mr. Byron Buxton will be, uh, you know, starting to get ready to rejoin us at that point as well. Yeah, let's uh, go right there to uh, to, to Byron. And uh, there was optimism earlier in the week that he was going to be rehabbing uh, with the Saints this weekend. That did not happen. The Saints are on the road right now. Uh, but But the Twins are back home after this next road trip. For the Yankees and the Astros, a good homestand coming up once we get to June. Could Byron be an option at that point, Rock? So, Cor, whenever we're talking about injuries, especially muscle injuries that are not necessarily the most minor, you know, this was not a very minor strain uh, of his hip. Uh, this was more of a, of a moderate, uh, more significant issue. So, Putting timelines on that are tough. It's why I normally don't do it. And, you know, with the team, we, we don't do that very 
uh, often at all um, because really you don't know. And he's doing better. Uh, he's going to actually be ramping up some of his running, um, you know, to the point where he's probably going to look a little more like Byron Buxton out there on the field getting his sprints in. Uh, he was on the treadmill running and maxing out the treadmill the other day. But it's more than just that. It's, you know, running the bases. It's, it's change of direction. It's decelerating, which actually he's felt uh, a little more than actually the accelerating part of, uh, of his stride. So all that being said, uh, I, I do think he's doing a lot better. I think uh, it's still a, a discussion of weeks and not a matter of like, hey, it's a few more days. Um, but I'm, I'm very uh, optimistic about the direction he's going in. And you know what? I can tell by his face, too, when he comes in the clubhouse. When he's getting his work in, he looks like he's in a good mood and he, he, things are coming well to him. The weeks, not days category, does that also now include both Luis Arise and Kenta Maeda? So for now, I, I, would, I would talk about them a little bit differently. I'd say Louis is probably, yes, a, more a matter of weeks than days. Um, it's going to be a little bit of time before that shoulder kind of, uh, you know, subsides a little bit, the pain. Uh, uh, he's still in some discomfort moving around. It's not like he's unable to move his arm, uh, but there are a lot of movements that he does that he feels some uh, noticeable pain with. Um, Kent is more in a different boat, obviously being a starting pitcher and, and being a guy that we want to make sure uh, is not feeling really anything uh, before we get him back going, before we get him back throwing bullpens, before we do anything, we want to make sure he's he's pain free uh, and not dealing with any more uh, any more soreness. So um, his bullpen session that he had was very very light, uh, and he was still feeling a little bit. So that being said, we're gonna we we did shut him down from throwing for another couple of days and maybe start ramping them back up next week. All right, we'll take our final break. When we come back, I want to spend some time on a big topic that, that you addressed this week, and it's been a huge topic in the game this season about the baseball itself, not about you know the, the deadening of the ball, but about you know maybe some foreign substances that are on the ball now that have not been, at least publicly, as prevalent as they seem to be now. We'll get Rocco's take on that interesting topic when we come back and wrap up Inside Twins next on your home for Twins Baseball. Welcome back to our final segment of Inside Twins, brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer, locally owned and operated. It's how memories are created and legends are made. Corey Provis back with Rocco Baldelli to wrap up uh, the Sunday show today. And Rocco, I wanted to leave some time at the end of the show to get into something you did this week. And it's, it's, it's a hot topic around the game right now, and depending on what you read and what you listen to, uh, some find it to be a massive, massive issue, a massive issue, rather, in today's game. And that is the baseball itself and maybe some foreign substances that are going on the ball now that seem to be creating more spin and more cut and more movement than perhaps we've ever seen before. And I'll start with this. Do you find it as, as, as significant of an issue as many do in the game? Well, I think it's a I think it's a meaningful issue, but for for everyone in the game, um, on the field, uh, it's not really a change from anything that we've seen in the past. I would say. Um, so I, I think uh, I, I can generally state the integrity of the game is of the utmost importance to all of us. It's it's what we care about, and when we see things that violate the integrity of the game, we you know in general. Uh, we'll have something to say about it, and it'll be addressed. And Major League Baseball, uh, more you know, importantly and more powerfully, can can affect these things. Um, that being said, I would say, I don't know, 19 out of 20 pitchers at the big league level use something to get a little bit of a better grip on the baseball. Uh, I don't think that uh, most of this discussion uh, is in reference to 
all of those guys that are out there doing their jobs uh, and doing it the right way. I, I think we're talking about, um, you know, substances and, you know, I've used the word concoctions or things that are actually putting pitchers on a level um, that they, you know, haven't earned or that they shouldn't be at. And I think those are the things that have to be addressed. I do think that the, the policeman of it on the field is a very, very challenging thing. There are so many things that players, staff, managers, teams, uh, umpires have to worry about on a daily basis just to successfully do our jobs throughout the day. Being uh, in charge of policing this topic is a, is a very difficult thing. And, and I do think that uh, Major League Baseball is stepping forward and is uh, you know, having these discussions, is having these conversations with us as well, the people on the field. Uh, but I also think that they're going to be the ones that are going to have to come forward, make a decision and, uh, you know, um, end up leading us wherever we're going to go uh, on this topic. And we want the game to be as fair as possible. I, I think that that is really the goal of everything going on here. Have you been close in two plus seasons at any point to getting the crew chief home plate umpire's attention about something that the opposing pitcher may be doing illegally with the baseball? No, I've, I have never gotten to that to that point. Um, we've all been in the game for a very long time. I've never been part of a game. Uh, I don't believe that uh, anything like that has happened in. Um, but really what, what all of us are probably uh, aiming for, shooting for, is that uh, we, we don't have to have that conversation anymore. And we don't, we don't have to do that. Uh, and the directives and the rules and, and everything that uh, we abide by out on the field is is taking care you know is taken care of in a lot of ways by major league baseball by the enforcement uh decisions that i think are coming and i, I think these things are coming sooner than later and i don't think these are going to be things that we're going to have to be addressing uh, addressing continually uh, in the media answering questions about this is not a new conversation this is for us on the field this is something that has uh been pervasive it's been around for a long time uh, and it's something that, you know, we wish we did not have to talk about anymore, to be honest with you. I don't mind talking about it with you, Corb, but just in general, I mean, it, it's kind of a topic where it's like, well, you know, I know it's the hot topic at the moment, but uh, it's certainly not new. Is it an issue that can divide a clubhouse because you have, say, 26 players, 13 pitchers, 13 position players, hitters feel one way about it, and the pitchers maybe feel differently about it? Could it be, could it get to that point that it may you know, divide and cause tension inside a clubhouse? Yeah, I don't think you can let it get to that point. I mean, there there are certainly probably some differing opinions on some of the specifics of this conversation. And, and you know, the, the hitters and the pitchers are certainly trying to accomplish two different things, and you never really know uh, what an individual guy might think about the topic. That being said, no, this is not something that, that you can ever let uh, uh, get to that point. I don't even mind guys going back and forth with each other and having a good time and talking. Uh, about this or anything else. I mean, we know that. But uh, really, this is not something uh, that gets in between a club. All right, let's uh, wrap up the show. We have about uh, two minutes left, and it's a quirk in the schedule that you go from Baltimore, Kansas City, and now on the road, you get Baltimore, Kansas City. Your advanced staff, is the prep easier? Is there less time to, to, to need to prep because you're facing the same teams in consecutive weeks? There's a lot more quirks in the schedule these days. Or I mean, things like this. I don't remember, you know, too many things like this. I, I know we also, uh, 
I think we played Detroit and then come back and play Detroit again after the break. And then we got the double header right after the break. I mean, it's, it's a little bit wacky, but uh, you know, all we do, we're just here to play games and we, we do what we're told Corey. So um, yeah, it's a, it's a little bit different. Our advanced guys uh, are probably looking at the schedule um, when it's released and going, yes, this is exactly, <laughs> exactly, exactly what we're looking for here. Uh, they're going to have a lot less to, uh, to get ahead of, which is great because those guys, uh, our guys, they work their tails off and they don't stop. So uh, having a, a week where they're not having a knockout and bang out another team uh, or two is, is great for them. So I know what they're thinking. That, that's what they're thinking. Rock final 45 seconds. Yesterday, 18,444 at Target Field, the largest crowd all season long, the largest crowd we've seen here since the playoff game in 2019. Rob Snyder told us afterwards he noticed it. Did you and the staff notice that from the dugout yesterday? Yeah, you, you can't miss it. You can't miss, a, a, you know, from what we've been playing in last year, uh, this year, um, you know, the, the size of the, of the crowd. Uh, you know, you still do acknowledge that you're not in a in a in a in a full stadium in a, in a stadium where you know packed with people who are uh, supporting and uh, getting loud and having a good time and and uh, that that fun and that uh, general sense is something that we talk about. We we need it. It allows our players to do their jobs better. Um, guys want fans in the stands and i know i'm i'm on board with that and it was great so it's i'm, I'm really looking forward to it rock thanks for the time great job enjoyed it thank you core now that's rocco baldelli stay tuned chris is next on your home for twins baseball you've been listening to inside twins brought to you by killabrew root beer locally owned and operated it's how memories are created and legends are made this has been a presentation of the treasure island baseball network